What up, Snapback fam? On this episode of the Snapback Sports Pod, we preview Super Bowl 55. The baby, nope, just Patrick Mahomes against the GOAT, Tom Brady. Not going to give him that nickname just yet. We talk about the X's and O's, the narratives, the legacy. Can Mahomes one day catch Brady? Who's the X Factor? Abe and I score predictions. My bookie's national anthem conversation, potential Super Bowl MVPs, Gatorade color, heads and tails. We talk about it all for Super Bowl 55. And then a really fun discussion at the end. How old would Mike Tyson have to be for you to fight him if you won a million dollars for each year? For example, you pick the age number six and you beat him up while he's a six-year-old. You win six million dollars. We dive into that. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. He's on all year, every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? A couple things not related to the Super Bowl. Um, when's the last time you've had peanut M&Ms? Um, I have not had them in a while. I'm a fan of them, though. Yeah, no, we do not talk about them enough, as we should be. I had like a handful yesterday, and it was just like honestly made my day. Peanut butter, peanut, not peanut butter, peanut M&Ms are on like a whole different level than I even thought I expected. Um, so that's one. Two, you know how like when something bad happens to you, you wouldn't wish that upon like your worst enemy, For right? Sure. Or your worst yeah. person. Um, sometimes you would. Sometimes you would because you hate that person that much. The day I had yesterday on the phone with customer representatives from Comcast. I want to make sure that name is out there for how awful the service was. The day I had on the phone with customer service representatives from Comcast trying to get my Wi-Fi set up is a day that I do not even wish upon Jared Dudley, Jared Dudley, Pat Beverly, Draymond Green. I was told that my technician was here he wasn't and then they just decided and then i got a call saying he's parking the car and he's gonna come and set up my wi-fi in my new apartment so 10 minutes later i'm like all right my my dude like there's not that many people driving like you're definitely parked he just left (laughs) just dipped and i was just like how do you make an appointment and then dip out of nowhere when you're parking the car so i had a long day with xfinity today we got the wi-fi set up so i don't have a blurry little face of jacks like i did last episode peanut m&ms are great and uh i don't really think anything else is on my mind cool because we have a big topic yes we do it's the super bowl i'm wearing my tom brady jersey for those who are listening in which i got for an ad but um it turned out to be useful for this podcast episode super bowl 55 i believe which is i'm I'm gonna be straight up i have no clue which is crazy because Tom Brady's virtually been alive for almost every Super Bowl that's ever been played. And it feels like he's played in them, too. Let's start at the top with our narratives and our legacy discussion. People have pinned... We haven't really gone into it. Like, this is a big game for me. 
You want me to I ruin? Mean, you want me to people ruin? People have it? run with the goat baby goat thing. Like right. it's not even like it's, it's being like mentioned by some off off the cuff sources. Like ESPN is pushing baby goat versus the goat. It hurts the body. It hurts. I, the soul. You want me to ruin the game like right now? Like yeah. ruin your Sunday? I think this is going to be like the greatest Super Bowl ever. Mm, I, or I think... it, it, like the around it, the the legacy, the narratives around it. The, the talking points, I think this has a chance to be, like, one of the greatest Super Bowls ever between the, the passing of the torch, student to teacher. <laughs> How many cliches can we throw out there? Goat to, goat to baby goat. Um, what a David Robinson to Tim Duncan. What, what else do we got? So Ray Lewis to Patrick Queen. That's what's so funny to me, and I was having this discussion last night, and it's our Super Bowl preview, and I'm really amped for it, and I'm excited, so I don't want to kill any mood here because we're going to release this Thursday, which is 72 hours before the game. But for like, if the NFL could have scripted the Super Bowl, this would be who they want. Tampa and Tom at home versus Mahomes. No doubt in the world, right? 100%. And the hype just does not feel like it's that. But what I'm saying is, Come game time, it's 6.30. I mean, everyone's going to be watching. It should be an incredible game. It's going to be amazing. But I don't know how much I care about you know the hype up to it. It could be in part. I know it's in part to COVID. There's no doubt. Virtual media day is weird. And you know people just aren't as hyped. There's not going to be 70,000 fans there. But to a degree, you ran through a lot of these storylines last year, obviously. You already have them covered when Mahomes was there. And then, like, how many more times can we run through Tom Brady and all this? St- like, there's only so many each year. So you I think, think that plays a part. But you think the do NFL you feel like the hype's a little lower? I feel like the hype is a little lower just because there's not much like events being um, taking place at Tampa. But you really think the NFL would have this year in particular? You really? Th- I mean, you can't go wrong with Mahomes and Brady. But does a little part of the NFL wish it was Bucks Pats? No. Uh, I mean, I guess in the in a weird way where you pick them to go to the AFC Championship, I think that would have been a really cool story. In my head, I guess I'm saying, like, it was so far from happening. Because like, the they were so, so bad. bad. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I think that would have been, like, a ridiculous one. I also think you get a situation where, like, people are saying this is like if LeBron and Kobe or LeBron and Michael Jordan played in a finals so I think that's why, this, like, this is the peak. This is it. Um, who's going to win? Is it a passing of the torch? Is it Brady's league forever and ever? Um, if there's Brady a lot. wins this stupid Super Bowl again, <laughs> just give it up, dude. It's it's crazy because not only – all right, let's talk the, the narrative legacy. I'll go with my hottest take. If Brady wins this game, it might end the GOAT debate ever. Not because, like, he beat Mahomes necessarily, just because, like, if Mahomes does get two this early, okay, now six, five, like, a lot are in play for him. Oh, but if he's stuck on one... Six is still absurd. That's what I'm saying. But at least it's six to two. If it's seven and Mahomes, through three full seasons as a starter, still only has one Super Bowl, and then we know the contract's going to hit Kill, uh, Helsey... Helsey... What's the name? Hill, Kelsey, Jones, Tyrant. They like, put they we, put defenses through Kelsey. Right. We know that those guys aren't going to be there forever. We're going to keep heartbeat on that. They still have a little bit of a window because he's so spectacular and special. But it's only going to get harder from this point on. 
And it feels like where Rodgers lost that game to the Giants, his career trajectory legitimately changed. Like, we thought he was going to go on a run of Super Bowls there. So I think that's how important this game is when we're talking, like, big picture. It doesn't, it doesn't end the GOAT conversation in general because there's always people coming up. It ends – if Tom Brady wins this game, I don't care what Patrick Mahomes does for the rest of his career – there is no way that he could ever be the GOAT. If he gets seven rings, it doesn't matter because he lost to Brady in that big one. He lost to Brady when he was at his peak. I, I, would, I think Mahomes is at his peak. <laughs> That's a scary thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, but just going up head-to-head against Brady, and if you lose in this game, like like imagine Jordan beat LeBron in the finals, right. and LeBron went on to win six. Like it's, you can, you could never a crazy comparison to. I don't know if you watch much tennis. I think you have respect for the I sport do. of I tennis. I love tennis, but it's like Federer is probably the goat. But the fact that Nadal always kind of had his number, or like on clay, it's, it's not, on clay. Right. no, but even on other services, he gave him problems. It's like how are you going to say he's that much better than him? So I see what you're saying here. I personally don't think that's the reason why. He'll, it'll solidify it. I just think it'll make the gap so large, it'll be almost impossible to catch up. Like I think if he then won and went to 10 Super Bowls and won five of them, even that, it'll be, have been so long ago. Think about where Mahomes is now. He's 25. He could play 15 more seasons in the league. So it's tough to call it at this point. I just think the gap will be so far ahead. It's also you have, to consider, you have to consider where we are at with Patrick Mahomes. He's 24? 5? 25. 25. Yeah. So who are the people, the generation that when Patrick Mahomes is retired 40, 50, are going to be the faces of sports media? That's the, young, that's, the, <laughs> that's the young kids right now. And the way that we view Patrick Mahomes and, and we see him through this lens is only going to be portrayed further when it's our generation on television, our generation doing side-by-side – and then it's just kind of implanting in everybody else's head how special Patrick Mahomes was. But it's kind of like the Jordan and LeBron thing. Once LeBron went to the Lakers or whatever and, and won that title, I mean, he's obviously the GOAT already. But, like, people are starting to realize that six rings is obtainable. And the only thread that MJ people hold on to is 6-0. and It's literally <laughs> the only thread. And that'll be a similar situation where if Brady – beats Mahomes no matter what Mahomes does the rest of his career Brady apologists will always hang on to that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay when Tom got a seventh and beat Mahomes no matter what Pat does no matter what LeBron does the idiots and the weak-minded small-minded people out there will always hold on to one single fact whether that's Seven, it's just so fun. The like, head-to-head I'm not seven wasting Super Bowl. my time on LeBron MJ, but I'm it's not so either. Funny I'm just trying to paint the picture. The only thing apparently Michael did better than LeBron is I mean that's all. In the that's bottom. all I hear from Jordan. Yeah, people. no, but idiots, I'm, idiots. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to correlate it to people that maybe don't want that are just casual football fans that don't really know much. Maybe they're more NBA fans. So it's like people saying Jordan six and zero without fully understanding how great LeBron is. That'll be what Brady Mahomes is on the flip. If Mahomes wins the game, he'll have that on his docket and it'll give a lot of life to those conversations. Not to mention two Super Bowls in three years as a starter. Uh, Tom Brady's the only person to beat him in the NFL playoffs in his career. Mahomes career is actual insanity. So That's the narratives. That's the legacy. Let's talk about the actual football game. So if you have seen my week, my press week this week, uh, I've been dancing for Gillette, and I picked the Chiefs. I went on SportsCenter. I picked the Bucks. 
I've probably tweeted some ridiculous stuff. I've probably texted some stuff that said one way or the other. Um, I'm not going to give you my score prediction yet, but I have finally come to a conclusion on who I'll be selecting in the game confidently. When did you come to that conclusion? Today at the gym. I was kind of like weird flex that you went to the gym. Nice. Yeah, I was thinking about our conversation, how we're going to break down the game, and I'm like, damn, this team. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense for them to win the game. So, so you decided who was going to win this game a few hours ago. That's correct. I decided who was going to win this game a few months ago. Remember, I've been saying it the entire time. Mm -hmm. Just, just wanted to make that clear. So. Let's look at the Chiefs offense against the Bucks defense. My thought here is um, Andy Reid off a bye, as you know, spectacular. He'll have all the tricks. They used him in the first quarter, second quarter of last year's Super Bowl. That weird everyone like did the Haramba. That was so the, cool. That yeah, was, was so awesome. I, I still don't know. Even what if it on didn't do anything, it was just like a dive play. It was so really like, awesome. Um, it was awesome. So you know Andy Reid's going to have that. Bienemy is going to have his ven- uh, revenge tour on the NFL. Why am I not a head coach? You can play into all those narratives. But the Chiefs are missing their two tackles, which is super underrated because you look at a team like the Ravens. We lost our tackle. It kind of shifted the whole line. You can see how much of an – the casual fans never – like if Mahomes is under pressure all day, they'll just be like, oh, he didn't play well. It's, it's heavily relying on the tackles. That's why the tackles get play, paid so much money. First quarterback or first team ever to play in a Super Bowl without their two starting tackles, which is also intriguing and probably for good measure. But once again, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Todd Bowles on the other side loves to blitz. We know what they've figured out. I want to hear some of your thoughts before I keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, it's exactly what you just said. You look at the NFC Championship game last week and the Bucks defensive line, Pierre-Paul, Vitavea, they ate up against the decimated Green Bay Packers offensive line and the Kansas City Chiefs are hurt on the offensive line. So you have to, one, put pressure on Mahomes, which the Bucks have a good chance at doing given their advantage on that side of the ball. And your second step to the, to the Chiefs offense is praying. Just pray. <laughs> That's that's the chance the Bucks have of stopping this offense. That's are you gonna like? Would you, are you confident that the that the Chiefs will be able to score four touchdowns in this game? Right. That's the craziest thing is. So I used to run with that Lamar stat. I called Abe an idiot. Like the one time he said we wouldn't score over twenty. I was wrong, but I was close. Yeah, because Lamar had scored twenty in every game of his career except for a couple. Um, Mahomes has scored 27 in every game except for like three, 27 points, which is insanity. So I'm going to give you all the X's and O's about why I think the Bucks will actually be able to make him look bad. But it's like in the grand scheme of things, if you give the guy eight, nine, ten drives, like how is he not scoring touchdowns on four of them? You know, if that's all he needs to oh, do he is, is to go he is. 40%. He is. So here's the X's and O's. Um, Bucks figured out. The they got toasted by Tyree Kill in the first meeting, and then they did that cover. They dropped two two safety, two deep safeties, let everything kind of go underneath of them, and it worked really well. The Chiefs did not score a lot in the second half of that football game. As the Bucks came back, they didn't really get that close, but they did get within striking distance. So you're missing the two tackles, like Abe said. You've got Vita, you've got Pierre Paul, Shaq Barrett is obviously their best sacker. Um, another really interesting angle is the linebackers. They have stud linebackers, Levante and Devin White, 
who will give that mismatch, at least match up with Kelsey as best as any team in the NFL can. And then, like we were just talking about, so how many points is it going to take for the Chiefs to win the football game? Because you're finally playing a complete football team in the Bucks, and it's the red zone issues that are really a problem. Like, the Chiefs have not been able to run the ball all year. They don't have their tackles. You're facing the best run defense, and it's a known thing that scoring in the red zone comes with a lot of rushing. It, it is really helpful to have a dangerous rushing attack. Now, of course, Andy Reid will counter that with sweeps with Tyreek and shovel passes and all that stuff. But I just think it, it's a risky game if they don't score in the red zone. Final thing on the Bucks' defense is they've been super opportunistic in this playoff run, which is really, to me, it's not going to be my X factor, but you look at a player like Mahomes who does not turn the ball over ever, and you look at the Bucks who have let up some yardage, their bend don't break, and they've been super opportunistic. That, to me, is like if he throws a pick or two, which he actually did in the Super Bowl last year, is that the difference in the game? Brady obviously gave a few away last week also. So that's kind of my thoughts. Any, anything we're missing on the Chiefs offense, like Watkins, I don't know if he's playing – um, they've been using their weapons in all different ways. I, I just—it's the same thing with the Chiefs' offense every week. You can put whatever good defense you want up against them. Who do you double? Who do you take attention away from? And then who has less attention their way? And it's just pick your poison. Are Levante David and Devin White going to follow Travis Kelsey all over the field? Probably. I mean, not. they're not winning that matchup, but they'll—they'll they'll give the best attempt over Matt Milano. Does the safety over the top get? Tyreek Hill on a, on a go route and then Travis Kelsey over the middle. I, I, I just, it's the same thing I've seen all year out of the chiefs. They play a different sport. I just, I keep trying to rationalize if Tom Brady was on the Patriots and this matchup was happening, Patriots chiefs, I know it can't, but I would, I would consider taking the, taking the um, Patriots and Tom Brady, but I just, I just don't know how you stop this team. And the only and this will start my X factor for the game. My X factor for this game, hear me out, is Bill Belichick. <laughs> He's, He's not going to be on the phone with Bruce Arians this week. That's what I'm saying. I think it's not enough attention is brought to how Bill Belichick prepared his teams to play in those Super Bowls and what Bill Belichick always did. Takes away what the other team does best and makes you beat them. Makes you beat them that way. What do the Chiefs do best? Uh, Everything, everything. Maybe they don't run the ball well because that's just they don't have to. But I just can't see a way that Bruce Arians gets a team to play to the level that Bill Belichick. And I shouldn't be comparing these two teams because they're 52 men difference between the teams, essentially. 51, forgot Gronk. Brady, Gronk, and then everything else has changed. But just... Not having that Bill Belichick aspect in that coaching locker room, first um, Super Bowl appearance for Bruce Arians, I think that's the X factor. It's just experience and a whole different beast when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers, I think they're that much better than them, talent-wise on the football team. You mix that with Andy Reid. You mix that with Eric Bieniemy. You mix that in with... The big game playbook that maybe we haven't even seen yet out of the Kansas City Chiefs where they do the spinny-doop ballerina hoo-ha on three. Um, I, I just can't – I keep trying to figure out a way. I spend hours. It keeps me up at night. How do you stop the Kansas City Chiefs? And, and I can't figure it out. 
I spent two hours figure watching tape on the national anthem. I could find an answer to that. I've spent six months trying to figure out how to stop the Kansas City Chiefs, and I still can't. It's fair. Um, we'll flip to the other side of the ball, and I think it's part of how you beat them, which is what everyone says. you got to score to keep up with them. And just if, if the Bucks go out and they start kicking field goals, I'm a freak out because we know that is not how you are going to beat that football team. So Bucks offense versus the Chiefs defense. I'll give so much love to the Chiefs. I've been hard on them for the past 24 months. For two seasons, they were a unit that has just never really shown a lot of promise. And then every single time you need them to perform, they play above and beyond. They kept the Chiefs in the game in last year's Super Bowl. Because, like you were saying, you haven't. That's probably the last time I've seen the Chiefs be vulnerable, right? Like if you replace a, a better offense, where you were ever, I think the word you're looking for is were you ever like slightly concerned about the Chiefs? Yeah, you were like, oh, they're actually not coming back in this game, and I think the Niners could have maybe shut the door on them and they let them hang around. And one play where there was a holding call, that's what happens in the NFL. One play can kind of change the complexion of the game. Then they get in a rhythm, they get hot, they obviously go and win the football game. Um, but Chiefs defense has come up massive. Their playmakers have come up massive. Even when it's not extremely uh, relying on turnovers, it just feels like Chris Jones is always in the backfield in the right moment. Honey Badger is always there in the right moment. And then they get random contributions from guys who are not pro bowlers, but they just do. So I... It's tough to say that the Bucks are going to put up a ton of points because the Chiefs' defense just, for whatever reason, always comes through. On the flip side, it's obviously a great matchup. I don't, I, I still don't think the Bucks' offense is where it's supposed to be. It's given me a lot of early days um, uh, heat, heat vibes, like LeBron, D-Wade, Bosch. We knew that they were so talented that they were going to get to the finals maybe, and then it just didn't click when a really strong game plan and, like, guys started choking and, like, Europeans started hitting big shots and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I feel. It's like if you gave Brady 16 more games with these guys, Mike Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller's a stud, Brate, Gronk, Rojo, Fournette, like, it is stacked. A.B., like, you almost forget that you have a pro bowler in the slot. So... I think that they're not fully there yet. Does that mean it's all going to click this week? It absolutely could. Or does it mean they just, you know, it's another week of like a top five offense, not necessarily a top one. So the Chiefs run D, as we know, isn't that good. The Bucks run offense is not that good, though. Like they run the ball successfully. It sets up play action. But it's not something like we were nervous about last year with the Niners, who really could gash teams on the ground. So I'm not worried about that. Brady's turnovers in the playoffs have been weird. If he protects the ball, I think they're going to be able to put up 30-plus. I think the over um, is probably makes a lot of sense. What's the game. number at? It's 56, which yeah. is a 56 and a half, which feels like a lot until you realize, like, if one of these teams doesn't score 30. Now, the weather report is intriguing mm. because it's going to be rainy. But I looked into that. I think it's going to be rainy early in the day. The, I think we might be fine by kickoff. The weirdest part is the thunderstorms because thunder can actually pause a football game, which is not better not because we have to record a podcast after that. <laughs> and then the Super Bowl is already a five hour game. It's yeah, but it starts early to, to their credit. It's like a six forty start. Uh, normally early, these prime early, times. early to them. <laughs> yeah. Early not to Abe who will be six buckets of Buffalo chicken dip deep at that point. 
Um, That sounds about right. I don't know. It feels like don't turn the ball over, finish some drives, and the Bucks scoring output could range anywhere from 20 to 34. It's just going to come down to red zone execution. They are starting to flaunt the Brady as 32 touchdowns, no picks this season in the red zone. As we know with Lamar, it's a great, great curse. So expect a nice pick six in the pivotal part of the game. But Bucks should... I think if if you're saying you know who's going to win this game, you're lying. That's that's my feeling. Call Abe me obviously, call me a bold faced liar. Abe obviously feels like the Chiefs are going to win. This call game. me a bold faced liar, and if we're going to do our score prediction, I'm going to start it off. I've predicted the Kansas City Chiefs to repeat as back to back Super Bowl champions on the NFL preview in the beginning of the season before Week One. I I have not wavered from that once. Even if the Eagles got a little bit hot and improved to, I don't know, 2 4 and 1, I did not waver from that. I still held strong at the Kansas City Chiefs because cowards run away. Cowards run away, and the Kansas City Chiefs don't. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game 34 to 28 and cover. People are saying that they see blowout potential. I agree. I actually do think the Chiefs could run away with this one. They were dominant early last. That's time. why I said. That's why I said. I think this could be the greatest Super Bowl ever because that means it'll probably be an awful game. Yeah, yeah, no, you definitely ruined that for everyone. I haven't even given my X factor yet. So before I do on the score prediction, I'm gonna go with Shaq Barrett. It's mm. it's not. We know these guys up front are gonna be able to eat and getting pressure on Mahomes is not the same as getting pressure on Brady. If you get pressure on Brady, it will disrupt him. If you get pressure on Mahomes, it really doesn't matter. He will make throws into tight windows using his arm strength and accuracy and the play calling. It doesn't matter. You need to finish plays, which means you can't let him do his little weird hoppity-doppity jog for six yards to the sideline when you had him wrapped up for 12. You can't let him pull out of a sack. He will burn you for 46 He's like when I was a young Ravens fan watching, you know, our guys try to tackle Big Ben. If you remember prime Big Ben. He could guy, move. He, it's not even about him moving. It was like trying to tackle Aaron Donald. He just didn't go down. And then he would, he would hit you for eight yards. And it would just feel so gut-wrenching. Mahomes is twice as dangerous. We'll get outside the pocket and then launch it for 62 down the sideline. So you got to finish against these guys. And Mahomes will give you those opportunities. With the no tackles, he will drop even further back. He'll try to overcreate. So if you can put essentially what you can do with two sacks from Shaq Barrett, you can ruin two drives. If you get Mahomes to drop back, his quarterbacks will take four-yard sacks, six-yard sacks, and the Chiefs are too good. You get him 10, 12, second and 22, third and 18. That's where you can get off the field. And if he can ruin multiple drives – get a forced fumble, make a huge couple of plays, I think that's what can propel the Bucs. So I think the Bucks defense has shown an ability to contain Mahomes if they play that way. We'll see. They adjust in the second half. It looked great. I mentioned the linebackers. I think the offense will be able to put up points. One of the biggest unknowns, I think, is the kicking. Bucker has weirdly struggled. But we know how good he is. And then Suckup's been very good, but we know like how bad he can be. So that's one where, you know, to three points, which we said will not win and lose these games. But if we think it's going to be an awesome close Super Bowl, maybe it does. 
Who's going to go surprise onside kick? Who's going to go for on fourth down? Fake punt? Who's going to do all those things? They're unpredictable. But I'm going to go Bucks, 34-31, Tom Brady. This is like a, this is a, I appreciate all of your X and O's and analysis thus far yeah. up to here. But you can tell in your voice, there's a, this prediction is a, a want, not think. You want the No, that's win. the thing. That's the thing. The the prediction is because you keep you keep making a point about the Bucks, but then you keep bringing it back to well the Chiefs do this. So no no no, I, and I'm not hedging. It's my belief. This is my genuine belief. This all went through my head at the gym. Yes, I went to the gym, babe. Nice. It matches up so perfectly for the Bucks, and my bet here that the Bucks win is that the gap between Mahomes and everything else is not quite enough. Like, he has to overcome the two tackles. He has to overcome a worse defense. He has to overcome Tom Brady being the GOAT and can easily drive down the field and win. He has to, like, I actually think they're not the better team in this football game, but you have to respect that Patrick Mahomes makes them the best team by far. But it's like, what's that gap? And I, I, everything I've said could be completely neutralized by Patrick Mahomes, and I've admitted that. But if the Bucks contain him to the best of their abilities, I think it leans towards Tampa. They're at home. Do you think home plays any part into this game? Yeah. Nah. No. On a norm. <laughs> <laughs> On a normal year, I probably would. Yeah. But the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't traveling to Tampa until Saturday, they can yeah. sleep out in their beds for that extra week. They've got their wives to make them food and stuff. They're with their See? dogs. They're with their kids. I don't know. I feel like this year the players are way less hyped up about everything going on around the Super Bowl because it's all virtual, essentially. There's yeah. no all the glitz and glamour. You're doing all these appearances, and they're way more locked in on the game. Than they typically would. It's not like the Bucks are going to have a home crowd. It, it, it's not like the Bucks are familiar. Obviously, maybe with kicking, yeah, kicking helps a little bit. Um, but no, that's my point. That's my point, and why I lean Bucks. It's these tiny edges that I think Tampa has. That when you add them up, if these two teams are pretty close on paper, that I think everything kind of starts leaning Tampa, and then. There's the great equalizer, which is Patrick Mahomes. Like the better he plays, he wipes away. Every I, I agree. Edge. I agree with everything you just said. But like my X factor, I think the biggest discrepancy in this game is the two guys in the headsets. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong about Bill Bruce Arians. What did I almost said Bill yeah. O'Brien? I, yeah, I, yeah. Trust me, I didn't mean that, Bruce. Um, <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm giving too much credit to Andy and Eric, but I've seen them play in such high leverage games. And I've seen them get so creative and be able to beat teams and come back from teams in creative ways and not get afraid of the moment that that's where the biggest difference in this game is. It's the two guys under the headsets. That's fair. And I would say Andy versus Bruce, a mismatch. I'll say Todd Bowles' defense can stack up pretty well. If you want a flip side, so I'll give you credit there. Leftwich, he's been better over the second half and he's you know a younger coordinator. He's been had some bad play calling games this season, and it would not shock me if you fall behind in Mahomes, or you go up on Mahomes and they get conservative and protect. You know what I mean? Like you can. The best way to beat them is if your offense is to step the on field, their throats. Is to take the field, not 
caring about what the score is and thinking every single drive we need to score a touchdown. Yes. And then you'll stop kicking field goals. You'll stop running on first down. You'll play aggressive. Yeah. And I've seen the Bucks run too many times on first, drive stall, and they'll go through these three-drive lulls, and that is good night against Kansas City. But at City. the same so. time, you've also seen the Chiefs get a little conservative when they are totally. up. Totally. So totally. It's a ma- I agree. You just got to... Every possession, the score is zero zero with a minute left. I think well, not a minute left because that's in terms of getting up to the line of scrimmage. Five minute drive. You know what I mean. Do your thing. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. All right. Thirty four thirty one. Tampa Bay is mine. Thirty four twenty eight. Chiefs is Abe. Let us know who do you guys think will be closer to the final score. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, it's what you've been waiting for this entire time. Abe has done. The, he's broken down the tape as you just heard from our Super Bowl preview. I may have been looking at a a few more X's and O's on the field. Abe's trying to win us some money here with the National Anthem. We'll talk about that, as well as a really fun question about Mike Tyson. How much money, dependent on his age, would it take for you to fight him in a boxing match? We'll discuss all that after the break. We'll be right back. All right, fam, we are back. It is my bookie's. I believe we have one more segment on Monday to recap how our bets went. So our second to last of the season with them. They've been great all year long. And it's the place to bet. I'm not going to lie. It's the place to bet during Super Bowl. They have like 250 props up right now. You can bet who's going to score more goals, Liverpool and Man City, or who's going to score more touchdowns, the Chiefs. They have so much fun stuff. Probably the Chiefs. But the prop of the day that we are focused on. Of the year. 365 days, about 372 actually. This Super Bowl is a week later. Abe's in for redemption. He, he, I don't know where he came up with this whole concept that he's that over under guy and then started off 0 and 1. No, 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 on the podcast. On the podcast. Yes, yes. I don't know his history, who's been tracking it. Sounds a little fabricated that he's nailed a bunch of these things, but. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's the national anthem over under guy. If you saw on Sports Center, I don't know if you saw my pick. They also cut out. I gave you a full on shout out. That was bullshit. ESPN. People don't want me to be great. That's fine. I'll keep working. Let's hear it. Let's hear the breakdown. So, national anthem. The line is currently set at my bookie at 120 seconds. For those of you who, you know, aren't the smartest, that's two minutes. Two minutes flat. Last year, Demi Lovato, I think her over-under was around 210. I went back. She flew, wow. she flew under. Singing this year's national anthem, Jasmine Sullivan, who I've recently found out is an R&B artist and a Philadelphia native, I might add, yeah. and Eric Church. So I originally went to YouTube and I typed in Jasmine Sullivan um, national anthem performances. 2000 and I think what year is it 2021 so 2017 all-star game NHL all-star game flew through it absolutely flew through it Jasmine Sullivan <laughs> wait, wait she sang the NHL all-star game yes national interesting okay um and then there was a tape from seven years ago and this was what stuck out to me it was at a Sixers game I believe there was when we won I don't know maybe 14 games that year um and the interesting part about it was she was singing the national anthem paired with a guitar. Somebody else was playing the guitar. Why is that important? Because I went to go look into Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Right hand up, not a big country guy. Sue me, whatever. That doesn't mean I didn't do my research. 
Eric Church, big guitar player. What I noticed in the tape from Jasmine Sullivan many years back, and it's very hard to say this with a straight face, (laughs) but when there is a guitar involved, and musicians know this, trust me, the voice has to keep up with the music way more than the guitar has to keep up with the voice. Because if the guitar is a few notes ahead, you can't just slow that up. You can speed up the voice of the vocals. However... The, the, the difference maker, and some would say the X factor in this bet, will it be an acoustic guitar, a regular guitar, or an electric guitar? Electric mm-hmm. guitar tends to carry out notes longer um, than acoustic guitars. When she sang at the Sixers game, and this was a regular season game, the stage wasn't big, they were ass, she flew under because the guitar controlled the pace. Now, a few hesitations I have going into this <laughs> <laughs> he did way more research on on the national anthem than he did the game but i'm totally cool with a that. few hesitations i have obviously i can't confirm if eric church is going to be vocal in this national champ national anthem or not my my guess i'm handicapping that eric church is on the guitar and it's just jasmine sullivan's wow. vocal. it's That's just jasmine crazy to me then you have to take into account Will there be a guitar solo? Seems like, see, because if there's a guitar solo, you can lock in the over. If Eric Church does sing, how is their chemistry? Is there a second of break time in between transitions? It's all, it's all something to take into account. But the fact that I think that there's going to be a guitar involved and that Jasmine Sullivan is just going to sing by herself, I am going to take... Under two minutes. Uh-huh. Under two minutes was the under two whatever was the pick last year. Uh, no, over was the pick last year. Flew under. Under two minutes is the pick, and that's what I'm sticking to. Did I did it? Was there a blimp in time where I said I really think it's under? So maybe I should pick over <laughs> on the pod. No. People want to be great, but they don't want to put in the work to do so. I've watched the tape. I've crunched the numbers. I've timed every performance, and this is what the data is telling me. May I be wrong? Maybe. No, I won't be. I will not be wrong. This will go under two minutes. I'm not sure you realize how long two minutes is. That's a long time. That's interesting. Look, I have a girlfriend. I know how long two minutes can be, and, and it feels like much longer, so I totally get where you're coming from there. Just based off the feedback you're giving me, though, I'm shocked that you're reading into a solo. I'm really surprised by no, that. No, no, no. I, I, I went the opposite way of the solo. I just You have to consider all factors, all external mm-hmm. factors. I had to take into account, will there be a guitar solo? I ended up deciding against it because I no, think— No, no, no. I mean, you don't think Eric Church is going to sing. I thought it was surefire that they were going to sing together. Also, you mentioned, will they be able to transition properly and what's the chemistry? I hear you on that, but— to be fair, they've already repped it out right. twelve times. Of course, right? of course, so they, they've done it together. Like they're, right now, there's an answer that that answers this question. Right. They have been. They in know Tampa what notes the they're week. hitting they when. Know, yep. Like they've done it. Someone could be, have been at the. Ro- Rovell will tweet. He has saw the rehearsal exactly. But so, what you say is you think it's interesting that I don't think both people will be singing. I've thought about that. Yeah. If Eric and Jasmine, first name basis, are both singing. You can only hold notes as a duo as long as your weakest singer. 
Right. It's not like Jasmine's going to be flexing this crazy range she has if Eric doesn't have that range. You have to cap it at the weakest singer, which is so, another. So you're talking about Eric Church, and look, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest country music fan. This guy's like top of his feet. Like you're acting like he's just some guitarist that plays bad. Oh, what if what if Jasmine doesn't have as much range as Eric? It goes the both way. My point is, if they're both singing at the same time on the same line, and they try and hit a big note, maybe it's on Brave, the last. One person can't outsing the other if they have range. They have to cut it at the same time. Obviously, they've went through the practice and they they know each other's range. They know each other's game. Mm-hmm. But it's just a point for the under to think about. I lean I think over, th- but but I can't. I don't know if I can go against my guy. So we'll see. It's either going to be a side bet that will. And be the on best Twitter, part about these bets, I'm riding with you. The best part about these bets is you know right away. Oh no! See, that's the thing. Uh, to your point of these things take a long time, I remember because I was at the game, I put on the timer because I thought it would be cool to like actually watch it in real time. And I was like, oh, my God, this song takes forever to sing. Like, there's no way. It no, goes but under. what I'm and saying then, like, is, you, you said, know, you know, right away, because some artists have watched a lot of national anthems, Jack. <laughs> some artists go right into, oh, say others go, oh, say. You know right away, usually. But, like, it's it's about the transition. By the dawn's early, by the dawn's early light. If I was singing at the Super Bowl, you bet your ass. I don't care what the line is. I'm going over. All right. I, let's, I'm, I'm, taking... I'm throwing one last thing that I don't know if you accounted for. It's been a crazy fucking year. It's been insane. You think they're going to try to own the moment? BLM. Black Lives Matter, you've got a black singer, you've got Kaepernick has been blackballed from the league. I'm not saying the NFL would ever let her or them as a pairing do anything crazy, but is there any angle there, or have we officially dove way too deep into the national anthem? Listen, you're talking to the king of conspiracy theories. <laughs> I, I thought I would throw it out but there. But this, this is my bread and butter. This is my bread and butter. Okay. And I've crunched the numbers. I've watched the tape. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But I'll know if I'm wrong that I gave it everything I got. And, I can okay. go, and I'll go to sleep Sunday night with the Chiefs victorious. And if I'm not victorious, I know I gave it my all. And it just, was, it just, wasn't, my t- it just wasn't my year. All right. Last year we did this. We do long shot Super Bowl MVP picks. Um, last year, honestly, if you had Damian Williams, you probably felt a little snubbed because the dude went off and Mahomes still won Super Bowl MVP, which is why I do believe that Brady and Mahomes are the two. I mean, they are the odds-on favorite. It's virtually impossible for them not to win the award, but if you were going to pick a guy with long, super long shot odds, Abe, who would you go with? The Honey Badger. He's been making plays all over the field this entire postseason, this entire season. Feels like he's just the heart and soul of that entire team. Everyone talks about where he came from, this, that. I don't know. He gets a pick. He forces a fumble. He takes one to the crib. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. In, a, in a low-scoring defensive battle, which nobody thinks it'll be, <laughs> right. maybe maybe Tyron Matthew stands out. Yeah, my pick, obviously my X-Factor, Shaq Barrett. I think that's probably on the defensive side of the ball. It's tough to pick someone on offense knowing that if – these guys put up monster numbers. Like, let's say it repeated from last game, and, like, Tyreek Hill put up those crazy numbers. He probably wins Super Bowl MVP if 80% of Mahomes' outage is strictly to one player. 
But because I picked the Bucks, let's go with another Buck. Long shot MVP. Let's give it to Gronk. Mm. Narrative, narrative could be there. Brady's actually a guy who's not won Super Bowl MVPs. Mahomes only has one, so it's tough to say that he's that guy. He's not that guy. But if Gronk has, if Gronk cashes in three touchdowns in the red zone, I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say, what's that number? Is it three yeah, touchdowns? It, is it two? But he has the game winner. What is that right? Number? It it's a question of that or how many yards and catches. And Brate's been so big in their offense, and so has like they have so many weapons that I don't see him going like. Vintage Gronk, 10 for 120 and 2. I could see him going 6 for 60, but 3 tutties. And I, think, just I like, think the only chance he has is 3 tutties. He needs 3. Yeah, 2 yeah. doesn't get it done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gatorade color. The favorite is orange because the Chiefs sport orange on Andy Reid last year. Do you, remember the, do you remember last year the wild tip that it was purple, purple. for Kobe and how much yeah. money Vegas made off that? But I looked at the yeah. Gatorade color odds, and if I was blue... I would feel disrespected. <laughs> Blue is without a doubt, I think, like the most – if you polled every person on planet Earth and said pick your favorite color, I think Blue Gatorade wins that poll. I really yeah. do. Like okay. just straight taste. Mm. And like these guys want to enjoy like what they're drinking. And Blue being like a fifth favorite, like they have something like clear, like that cherry glacier shit that no one actually likes. And, and Clear always at the top. Because I guess because I water? think it counts water. Yeah, I think it's yeah. clear slash water. Which if yeah. you're drinking water, what are we doing? But I just think blue as like the fifth favorite, as universally the most loved Gatorade color, is a total disrespect to blue. So I'm gonna go with blue. All right, fair enough. I'm surprised orange is the favorite. I figure red, Tampa, Kansas City. Andy Reid is big red. I'm telling Mahomes you, I think is, I think people you know. like look way too into this. I literally think it's just like, all right, the players vote like which color do we like tasting the best? Yeah, I think it's whatever on the sideline is kind of what it's going to be. So I went yellow. I think people don't like yellow as a flavor, but for whatever reason, I've got no problem with yellow. I I think yellow is like a commonly drank color on the sideline. I think it fits certain people. So I'm going yellow. Final prop for my bookie, heads or tails. I'm that guy, dude. I am that guy. Tails yeah, never, I, tails never fails. I know. No, no, no. I'm that guy. I'm a heads guy. Oh, okay. Got because it. tails never fails, I am a heads guy. Um, just go the opposite way of everyone else. You know how I do on this show. Yeah, no. You you definitely try and zig when others are just going with uh, superstition. I like tails because. It's the same reason I'm going to take Tom Brady. It's the same reason I brush my teeth in the morning. I just don't want to look like an idiot. So if it flips heads and I lose, okay, at least I went with tails. But if you pick heads and it goes tails and everyone's like, oh, tails never fails, you just kind of feel right. That I, I, no, no, I just, I'm picking heads because I hate those people. Exactly. I so hate those I'm people. On tails, but have you which... considered that heads rhymes with reds, as in there are two teams <laughs> wearing the color red this week? If we're talking narratives, we gotta we gotta talk about them all. Gotta talk about them all. All right, that is Super Bowl fifty five preview. I went Bucks. Abe went Chiefs. Um, we got one more podcast to wrap it all up, which will be released on Monday, which will put a close to our COVID NFL season. Thank you everyone who stuck with us through it. A little bonus content here though. Saw an amazing TikTok. I should give love to who made it. I just don't have my phone up in front of me right now. Presented the question, how much, okay, let me rephrase. You get to fight Mike Tyson, depending on his age, 
And depending on his age is how many million dollars you win if you win the fight. So you can fight a one-year-old Mike Tyson, you win a mil. Two-year-old Mike Tyson, you win two mil. Take him right now while he's 60. And if you didn't watch his most recent fight, you'd actually be an asshole to pick that because you'd die. Um, so, Abe, what is... Jason Blackwater. Thank you, Andrew Eagleson. That's the guy who proposed this on TikTok. Abe, I know you also ran the tape on all of this conversation. What age would you elect to fight Mike Tyson at? So, obviously had to dive into the tape. Mike Tyson started training as a boxer at the age 13. My initial thought was, 13 years old, just starting training. Okay, I can deal with 13 mil. And then I googled Mike Tyson 13-year-old. And I saw a photo of him whose biceps were bigger than my head. (laughs) And it said underneath... 200 pounds at the age of 13 now i'm i'm a fit guy i'd like to consider myself fit six foot 180 pounds 185 soaking wet on a full stomach um how's that chin yeah so listen you it's it's a matter of greed in this situation do i know i can beat mike tyson's five-year-old ass a hundred percent i would whoop his ass into tomorrow I think I landed upon, after seeing him at the age of 13, when he's just starting to train from boxing, I think I landed on 10 years old, $10 million. $10 million like that to beat up a 10-year-old? How, <laughs> what grade is a 10-year-old in? A 10-year-old is about third to fourth grade. Oh, I would beat his ass. $10 million to bust a third grader's chin open? Come on now. I think he's like salivating at the mouth just because of this hypothetical. Like he Dude, he imagine this doesn't actually happen. Right. right? But okay, but let's say it does. Imagine you walk like you sign up for this experience or whatever and you don't know what it's expecting. And the person who's running the contest points to a ten year old. A ten year old in third grade and goes, If you beat this kid's ass right now, I will write you a check for $10 million. You're telling me you are not going full jujitsu swinging kick to the head? Well, it's it's a boxing match. So. I don't care, dude. Whatever you need to do. If anybody on planet Earth said to you, $10 million if you whoop this 10-year-old's ass. Jack, you're going to be 25 in July. I'm going to be 25 Oh, this month. How about it? Yeah. Um, come on. It's $10 million to bust this kid's skull open. Sorry, Mike. I will say, I was going to go lower, and it's not that you convinced me, but you put a new thought in my head about busting someone's skull open. I think the downside into fighting anything 13-plus Mike Tyson is that he'll not only beat you, but you will be he'll hurt injured. You. He'll hurt right. you. You'll be severely hurt. And even, Matter and fact. I think that plays into it a little, because 10-year-old Mike Tyson, you might lose that boxing match. But are you going to end up injured? Probably not. Even though he's lower down, you'll end up with some kidney shots, maybe a little internal bleeding, potentially. My initial prognosis was... Oh, uh, uh, oh, wait. Okay. Did you find 10-year-old Mike Tyson? I tried to. Yeah. I googled 10-year-old Mike Tyson, and the first link that came up said 12-year-old Mike Tyson was knocking out grown men. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's why I was going to say the age of five. But thanks to your – but five to six, I, I landed on six. 
I would fight six-year-old Mike. Okay, I found a picture of him at 10 years old. I would bust this kid's ass. I don't even care if he's trained Send for two years. I'm care. going six because I need sure – like, let's just not act like $6 million isn't, like, change your life type right. of money. Like, like, are we millionaires right now? Like, I'd, do the, I'd fight six-year-old Mike Tyson for 60K because I'd feel so confident in that fight. And to just be able to walk into the ring – Two minutes, six mil in the pocket, I would take that. I don't want any risk of a loss. I don't want any risk of damage to the body. I don't need a surprise. Like, like I asked you, how's your chin? I know we're bigger than, these, than this little six-year-old Mike Tyson. I've never been hit in the face before. Actually, I have once. I was doing a boxing class, and we were, we were uh, sparring, but not really. It was just a training drill where it was like very soft. Like you were supposed to put your hand up, I put the wrong hand up, and I kind of got clipped in the in the chin. My mouth was bleeding. This was like from a, I was training with a girl like who was not a boxer, and I was kind of like shit. Like I was like, damn, that. Yeah, hurt. No, I have I have experience. Eagleson and I sometimes on the weekend meet up and just punch each other in the chin. So that's where my experience lies. But I understand what you're saying. You want to lock into a profit. Six million dollars is easy money. Like why not? I think I could bust ten year old Mike Tyson's ass. I do. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm gonna go that's another thing though. If you're wrong, you you end up with zero dollars. Which to me it's not is it worth the four Dude, million? Dude, I just, I'm just I'm just picturing me because obviously he's not gonna be as tall as me. Right, he's not gonna right. weigh as much as me. I can see him landing like good body shots on me, yeah. but like if I'm swinging downhill on this guy's skull, come on. Come on. So ten million dollars, <laughs> ten year old Mike Tyson. We can pay-per-view. We can live stream it. Um, I'll give some back to the people. But if we can transform in time, I will go back. I will take a double. I will just double look at what Mike Tyson looked like at 10 years old, and then I will confirm. But I think $10 million for 10 years let me, old. Is- let me throw a variable at us because we have two more minutes. You get to be double his age. Up until what age do you pick? For example, for me, it wouldn't really work. Like, I don't know if 10-year-old Jack beats, like, I was actually 86 pounds. I don't know if that, so is 20-year-old Abe the best? Because I think you feel more confident at 20, old 24 against 10-year-old, but would you at 20 before maybe you were in your your peak athletic shape? I think I go, I think I drop it to when I'm 19 and he's nine and a half. Okay. Because you remember what I look like at nineteen. <laughs> Big man, he, he's not he's not taking me down. Punches. Nine yeah. year old is not taking me down. So I'll go nineteen nine and a half year old Mike Tyson versus nineteen year old beefy Abe Granoff. It's dangerous because like what does one more year for him mean for two more years for us? Uh, I just I, really, think I just am praying he doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. I know he listened he, I know he listened to um, last week's, but I'm just praying he's a little busy. Isn't he trying Mike. to fight someone? Yeah, right he's now he's gonna fight someone. Snapback fam, appreciate you guys tuning in. Do we want Eagleson? Eagleson, pop in real quick. Let's hear your thoughts on Super Bowl. And do we talk hockey on Thursdays? We don't have to. Eagleson, what do you got? Super Bowl? Any thoughts? Um, Chiefs all the way. That's what I think. Oh yeah, Andrews. I'm leaning yeah. blowout. Honestly, I think wow. I'm one of those people. I think it might be a Chiefs blowout. I told you, me and I see just punch each other in the head. See, that's what I'm saying, Jack. <laughs> you keep doing this. No, 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 I I see that. 
I real like it would not shock me. You would be shocked by a Bucks blowout. I would be shocked by a Bucks win. Right, exactly. I would not be shocked. I'm and I'm not hedging. I'm just saying I've considered the possibilities. One possibility is the Bucks are better on paper and they're going to win the game because they have Tom Brady and a great offense. And one is like Patrick Mahomes could be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in the greatest system and the greatest offense with the greatest weapons, and they could score forty six points and it doesn't matter. So I, I see both sides. I just lean Bucks. Um, are we talking hockey? Abe, get out, get out the timer. Right, were you prepared, Eagleson? Can I'm you prepared. Give us a minute. Oh, oh he's prepared. prepared. All right, what the puck, fam? No, talking hockey on the week of the Super Bowl. Could you imagine? <laughs> but here we are, nonetheless. Eagleson, the puck drops in three, two, one. All right, so it was a pretty good week of hockey. I'll start off with a little roundup of the division leaders so far. So in the north, Montreal is one point ahead of Toronto for the lead. In the west, St. Louis and Colorado are both, both have 15 points, but St. Louis has the tiebreaker. In the east, Philly and Washington are actually in the same boat. They're both right, tied Jack. for first, except Philly has the tiebreaker in that one. So, yeah. In the central, Carolina has a one-point lead over Florida. And I guess I should actually mention the playoff format now. So how that works is the top four teams in each division will make it. You'll play two series within your division to get out, and then you'll play one more series against one of the other division winners. And then, obviously, the winners of those will play for the Stanley Cup. Um, I'll go over some of the point leaders in the league so far also. Um, At top of the goals category, Tyler Toffoli, which is weird. I'm not sure who was expecting that. He's got nine goals. McJesus right behind him. He's got eight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the assist, McDavid's in the lead with 16, and his teammate Dreisaitl right there with 15. Same goes for total points. McDavid has 24, and Dreisaitl has 22. Then... Ah, sorry, Eagleson, you ran I'll out give of time. Him, I'll give him credit on McJesus. That's an incredible nickname. That's an incredible and I talked nickname. about it. I talked about how good he is, and I showed you the highlight. But one of the craziest things about it, because I know you don't know anything about hockey... Hey. Dreitseidel, who remember we didn't even rem- know who that was, and he won Eagles and Nod. He won MVP last year, right? And McDavid, who's obviously better than him, are teammates. So you have the MVP. Of the- you literally have LeBron and AD on the same fucking team, and they're trash every year, which is crazy. Are they trash again this year? Like they're not winning games? It- it's insane. How what position? Tur- Eagleson, turn your mic on. What position does David does uh, Jesus play? So. McDavid is a center, and Dreisaitl's a winner. It's time that we talk about centers, running backs, and NBA centers. <laughs> it's time to have the conversation. But, hey, Jack, how about us? We're going to have to talk about hockey? First off, am I getting this right? Does Philadelphia have two one seeds at the moment? What a time. What? You're one in the division. One in the division. necessarily in the conference. Same shit. Same shit. Oh, well. <sighs> I do like that you were reading the division leaders, and then you gave the second place team so you could lump the Leafs in there. Being a point that's back. the re- only reason that I did that. <laughs> of course, no absolute respect for that move. You're, I think you're learning a lot from us in that fashion of how I to think how I to know. get your own nonsense involved. For example, Abe got the MJ LeBron debate in. I got yeah. plenty of Lamar chatter. Involved. It takes practice, but you're learning. You're yeah, learning. somehow I, I, Emmanuel I, quickly didn't make it in the pod. <laughs> well, now he did, and that pretty much covers everything we talk about yeah, on the know, snapbacks. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that at school. Like, I'll say stuff, we'll be talking about sports with my buddies, and I'll say something, they'll just look at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why are you saying this stuff? I'm like, yep, I think that's those guys rubbing off on me for sure. That's fair. But you didn't mention Thank you uh, for that. Tampa Van Vliet. Dropping 54 
So that's a that's a miss yeah. by you. Yeah, well, no, Eagleson, Eagleson's not a Eagleson is not a Tampa Raptors fan. He is a Toronto no. Raptors. Nah, fan. they're playing better. He might he might be back on the train pretty soon. Maybe yeah. give it a few more games. All right, fam, that is our Super Bowl preview. We are very excited for the game. Will Jack go? Will Jack not go? Will Abe hit the national anthem? Will he not? He will. And Eagleson will still be in Canada. Much love. Peace. <laughs>